Thank you, Brian. According to that clock on the back wall, it's 25 past two. <laughs> so we're, it's quite late anyway, so we might as well just keep going. Can I ask you to stick your, your hand in the air if you have made at least one New Year's resolution? Go on, stick a hand, come on, admit it now. Right? Quite a number of people. For many of us, uh, the dawn of a new year actually means a new set of them. Although, apparently six out of ten of us will make exactly the same resolutions this year as we did last year. That is, get in shape, lose a few pounds in weight, that is, quit something and read more. Those are, those are kind of the key ones. But here's another question. Hands up if you've already broken at least one of your New Year's resolutions. Pat, just, you're the only one, Pat. Sorry to identify you there. Okay. According to a recent survey, and I was reading this this week, but according to a recent survey, the 9th of January okay, is the day whenever three quarters of Britons buckle and break them, uh, which was Thursday, right? So, so I have no idea why that particular day, but if you're still going, okay, if you're still attending the gym, if you're still reading, if you're still not eating as much or as often, if you're still getting up earlier, whatever it is, you are in the minority, okay? You have done better than most of us, so congratulations, all right? Uh, this morning on, on what is a, a highly significant and important day in the life of Windsor Baptist Church and, and Gordon and Janet and Amy, I'd like to suggest some New Year's resolutions for you, Gordon, uh, despite the fact that it is the 12th of January, okay, and we're past the 9th, but anyway. But they're not just New Year's resolutions. They're, they're actually new associate pastor resolutions, uh, which I believe are worth making and keeping for, for 2014 and beyond as you step into this new role and this new chapter and this new adventure. Uh, now, Gordon, I'm not sure if you yourself have made any New Year's resolutions. Someone has told me that you've decided to cycle more this year, but that can't be true because in 2013 you cycled something like this is fact, 3,000 miles, uh, but there's no chance you'll be able to do that in 2014 with this new job. <laughs> But what I want to do is I want to give you four specific New Year's resolutions. And although I am going to address most of what I'm going to share in the next just about 15 minutes, although I'm going to address most of what I'm going to share with Gordon, I do think these New Year's resolutions are relevant to all of those who are here this morning who seek to love and serve God and others. So, so if you haven't made any, I want to offer you four. Four good ones, and here they are, okay? Now, rather than, than make them up, or rather than offer you my opinion on four decent ones, I actually want to give you four biblical resolutions, Gordon. Because four times in Scripture, at least in, in the NIV translation, we, we come across the word resolved. Four times we discover people who resolve to do something or not do certain things. And for you, Gordon, as you seek to live out your calling, as you seek to actually live out the commitments that you have made here this morning in front of this congregation, I want you to consider these four as you serve as associate pastor at Windsor Baptist. The first, if you do have a Bible and you want to turn to this, the first is in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And as you're looking that up, let me just really quickly clarify the context Jehoshaphat is a king. He's one of the few good ones. 
And he reigned in, in Judah, part of the split kingdom. He reigned there for 25 years. But in his third year, he sent out a bunch of key people to teach and administer God's laws. And they were to act with courage. And they were to warn people not to mess up, to not sin against God. But not long after Jehoshaphat launched this initiative, a vast and combined army decided to wage war against him. And Jehoshaphat got a tip off that this combined and large army were on their way. And so it was time for wisdom on his part. It it was time for an important decision. It was time to decide what to do next. And then this is what we read he did. Verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. He resolved to inquire of the Lord. Gordon, I hope this will be your default position. Not just in tense and difficult situations, not just when the pressure is on, but in your ministry as a whole. That as you lead, as you serve, as you care, as you engage with people here and beyond these walls, that you will look to and listen to God that you will make it a resolution to constantly and consistently inquire of the Lord. And then out of that prayer space, out of that experience, out of that discipline, and it is a discipline, you will help to lead us. And you will speak into our lives. And you will call us together. And you will call us forward. And you will even call us to make hard and uncomfortable choices. You will call us, for example to fast, to seek God's guidance and direction as a church. And as this story unfolds in Second Chronicles, we read that the people of Judah gathered together and they did seek God, that he would help them. And it was actually Jehoshaphat who led them in prayer. He modeled something. And as he ended his public prayer, we offer, or we read these words. This is what he said. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do you know, Gordon, we're not looking to you for every answer. We're not looking to you to come up with the next step in this church's journey. But we are wanting you to encourage us to maintain the focus. That even though we don't know what's next, even though we don't know what to do in certain situations, even as we deal with numerous pastoral and gospel issues, we want you to be resolved to inquire of the Lord, to be someone who seeks God and reminds us to keep our eyes on him. And Church Windsor Baptist, this is such an important resolution for every single one of us, that as we follow Jesus, that as we journey together, that we will resolve to be a people of prayer. A people who turn to God, a people who listen for his divine whisper. And if that means that we need to make it a New Year's resolution to get up a little bit earlier, to stay up a little bit later in order to make that possible, then so be it. Verse 13 tells us that all the men, all the women, all the kids... 
stood there before the Lord. It's an amazing picture. And the sense is that, that they stood there focused. That their vision was fixed. That they looked and they waited and they listened. And then we read that God, via one of his prophets, speaks into their lives. Speaks into their situation. And assures them of his ongoing divine presence. Gordon Resolve to inquire of the Lord. Be a man of prayer. And lead us in prayer. And keep us focused. And do it with determination and commitment. Because that was Jehoshaphat's reputation. Two chapters later. 2 Chronicles 22 verse 9. We read what the people said of him. And here's what they said of him. He sought the Lord with all his heart. Gordon, seek God with all your heart. Do it wholeheartedly. Inquire of him in that way. The second resolution relates to integrity. It's already been mentioned, and Tom mentioned it. Relates to integrity and character. Again, if you want to turn to Daniel chapter 1, and I know that Claire are going to be looking at this tonight, this particular chapter. But you turn to Daniel chapter 1, a bit of background as you're looking that one up. Nebuchadnezzar is the new young king of a growing Babylonian empire. And he's besieged Jerusalem, the holy city. And the people of God have been or are being carted off into exile. But a few well-heeled Israelite young people, those with kind of royal and noble connections, they're earmarked for a three-year training program in various aspects of Babylonian culture and practice. And Daniel is one of those who has been earmarked. And here's the very first thing you read about him. Verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the king's food. Now, lots has been kind of written about why Daniel took a stand on this particular issue. It seems that he engaged completely and totally with the rest of the training program. Seems that he was willing to learn the language. He was willing to read Babylonian literature. Verse 4 tells us that. But when it came to what he ate, he kind of drew a clear line in the sand. And he decided not to cross it. And for Daniel and his three friends, there were were probably at least three problems with the food. One, it certainly wouldn't have been prepared according to kind of kosher Old Testament laws. And so for them, lots of that food would have been ritually unclean. So lying in the sand. Secondly, all the wine and most of the meat that would have been given to them was probably previously offered to pagan gods. And therefore, from Daniel's perspective, to eat that food in that situation would have kind of given tacit endorsement to paganism. And that was a line he was drawn in the sense, I'm not crossing that line. And then finally, Daniel knew that, that sharing a meal at the king's table could have been or would have been interpreted as a kind of buy-in to the king's values. And so as far as Daniel was concerned, he could could obey the king up to a point. And he could serve in his government, but when it came to eating his food, he wasn't going there. Because it represented a moral compromise of everything he believed. And so he made a choice. And it says here, he resolved. Not going to defile himself. Now whether 
All of that was right. Okay? Whether all of that was right is not really the issue. The issue is Daniel did what he believed was right and acted with integrity. He was true to what he believed. He, he practiced what he preached. He lived it out. His faith went beyond mere lip service. And Gordon, as associate pastor in this place and time, I hope that you can pray that you will make a similar resolution, that you will be, that you will be known as you are known as Thomas Sherwood. You will be known as a man of integrity, a man who does what he believes is right before God, a man of character. I know we have, uh, we have talked about this, and some of you might be familiar with the place and the priority of the kind of three C's in, in Christian ministry. That when it comes to serving and leading in a context like this in a local church, there are three C's that are extremely important. Extremely important for you and extremely important for the people you're going to serve. The first two are calling and competency. And as a church, I know we believe that Gordon has been called to this role. Plus, we believe he has the experience and the gifts and the abilities to fulfill the role. Gordon is competent. But it's a third C that's vital. And that is character. And I came across this thought during the week, and it's so true. People are not only motivated to follow by the leader's captivating vision or his compelling communication skills, but also by their sense of the leader's desire to serve, his high integrity and consistency. People will only follow someone they trust, and trust follows character. Gordon, continue to pursue Christian character, which can be defined as, it, as exhibiting those traits that Tom said. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's about becoming and being more like Jesus in your actions, in your words, and in your attitudes. It's about being consistent. It's about a lack of hypocrisy, a lack of contradiction. It's about the connecting of what you believe and how you behave, that there's no glaring gaps between the two. That's integrity. Daniel resolved not to defile himself. May that be your new year, new job resolution. And by the way, there is a, there is a fourth C that, that's probably worth mentioning, and that's chemistry. Do you know, as you share in leadership with others, as you work and serve alongside other people like Mark and myself or the elders and the deacons, it's really helpful if you get on with them. It's really helpful if you kind of like them. And Gordon, I love the fact that within the team here at Windsor, there is good chemistry. We genuinely do like each other and can work well together. So let's move on. Still only 25 past two. <laughs> Please turn uh, to Malachi chapter two. Just two more to go really quick. Malachi chapter two. Here's your third new year, new job resolution. Bit of background again. The priests of that day, were meant to be the ones taking the spiritual lead. They were meant to be pointing people to God and encouraging the people in their faith. And yet, they messed up. Time and time again, they messed up. They got it badly wrong. And along with the people, they showed this shocking disrespect for God. 
and they just constantly dishonored God's name. And they treated sacred things as common. They increasingly turned away from God's laws. They blatantly, blatantly disobeyed his commandments. And it's into this kind of sad and sorry situation at this time that God speaks via his prophet Malachi. And here's what he says. And now, you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not to resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honor me. Gordon, make it your resolution to honor God in everything you say and do. Recognize and declare that God is worthy to receive all the glory, all the honor, all the power. Do you know it's said that honor originates in our hearts and it refers to the value you personally place on something or someone. Gordon, I know you do this, but continue to place a high value on God, his ways, his word, and let others see that. Be a man of passionate and reverent worship whose chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And as you read on in Malachi 2, you actually get an insight into what's required of this kind of person. Here's what's expected. Here's what's right. And so what God does is he speaks or refers to Levi and about this kind of covenant relationship that exists between him and Levi. And he says this, this called for reverence and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth. Nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from sin. Gordon, in a sense, I pray that's your story, that you may be a man who stands in awe of God, that you'd never be afraid to get lost in wonder, love, and praise, that you'll honor God with every fiber of your being. And then out of that place, you will speak truth. You will live the life. You will help others to turn towards God and away from themselves. The priests resolved not to honor God. Make it your resolution, Gordon, to do the opposite. And do you know what God says with regard to those who honor him? First Samuel 2. Those who honor me, I will honor final resolution this time from the new testament first corinthians chapter two if you still want to follow familiar words from the apostle paul realizes a whole sermon in this paul's been through a variety of kind of experiences and adventures and then as he arrives in corinth he comes out with his bold statement here's your fourth resolution gordon it's actually two for i resolved to know nothing while i was with you except jesus Christ and him crucified. Gordon, although ministry expression is shaped by the diversity of personalities and cultures in which it's found, the core value or the bottom line in ministry is always the same. Resolve to know Jesus and him crucified. Christ and cross, central, critical. Keep the main thing the main thing, so to speak. It's all about, and I know we say this time and time again here at this church, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus and what he's done for us. But let me flip that a little, come at it from a slightly different angle. Do you know, to know Christ 
and to know him crucified is also about service and sacrifice. Jesus was the ultimate servant who laid down his life for others in the ultimate sacrifice. Gordon, I hope that will characterize your ministry in this place. Service, sacrifice. That you will live beyond yourself and be prepared to suffer for the sake of the gospel in this place. I'm done. One of the most common reasons why we break New Year's resolutions is because we often make the wrong ones. Gordon Owsley believed that these four are so right for you, so right for many here. And so I urge you, resolve to inquire of the Lord. Be a man of prayer. Resolve not to defile yourself. Be a man of integrity and character. Resolve to honor God. Be a man of worship. And resolve to know Jesus and him crucified. Be a man of service and sacrifice.